0: And welcome back rugby fans to another great episode here of the rugby rant podcast show on this occasion, you know it to be the rugby debate episodes where we put ourselves and our guests to the test in this format here where we will have your on-screen guests battle it out for top honors. Once again, an introduction, my name is Ty Brogge, your host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara himself, and joining us is Craig Grideli. You know him from the Monday morning fly half, uh, full of dirt. He's got content now on TRN. If it's rugby, he probably knows about It doesn't matter where it's played. <laughs> so, Craig, welcome to the show again, man. Yeah, happy to be here
1: again. Always fun to join you guys, uh, so thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure. This is now your third occasion, I think? I think it's third, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. You're the first hat-trick. All right, honor. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. It goes up on the Hall of Fame right there, next to no one else. <laughs> but uh, more importantly... Uh, we're here because of great sponsors, and I wanted to be able to highlight one of them. What we do is really done with their help at uh, rugbyshop, uh, com. are a team of rugby fans, rugby supporters, rugby referees that turn their passion into, uh, you know, this driven machine that is helping clubs around the country. Uh, a lot of teams are opening up across the border in Canada, and, you know, now with their Restrictions being pulled back through COVID, so what better time to be able to make sure you get your custom kit, your apparel, and everything else you need as a rugby club, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure everybody here, like Scott, I'm pretty sure, like you had stories about this when you were uh, playing in, in college level. There's always like one guy who has to do everything, right? You know, he's the treasurer, he's the uh, uh, he's the captain, he's the merchandise guy, he's the mm-hmm. marketing, marketing guy. Marketing. Yeah. So you so, know, the, the, the team at the rugby yeah. shop. Uh, is really designed to be able to help clubs like that take it off your hands they'll you know do the design they'll do the merch they'll do all of that stuff for you uh, and they'll make sure that you get it out with an online store that they build for you so you really don't really need to do anything except just focus on the rugby and that's why they're great at what they do so again go check them out at the rugby shop.com um now with with that in mind uh let's move on to talking about this episode here and why you at home are going to be able to learn something new and interesting about the MLR playoffs, because this is hotting up gentlemen. And uh, we have to be able to first up debate this last weekend's action. That'll be a game recap. Of course, in the West, that big matchup that everybody was paying attention to was Utah versus LA. That ended up being a 34 to 29 scoreline in favor of Utah at home to a sold out crowd. We'll dive into that in a moment. But then in the East, it was about Rooney and Nola to decide that playoff spot. And again, we'll dive into that shortly. But the scoreline there, surprising to some, but not surprising enough, was 35 to 32 in favor of Nola now the way this works again in the rugby debate format each of our players on screen will have an opening rant opportunity allowing them two minutes to be able to say what they need to say and on this occasion it'll be about that game recap from this past weekend starting it off will be Mr. Craig Grinelli. so Craig give us your go
1: yeah thanks uh so you know two exciting finishes and I think one of the oddest things about where we sit today is that of the four playoff teams, really none of them are going into the playoffs with a strong wave of momentum. I mean, three of the four lost this week. Yeah. You, you mentioned the two games, Utah, LA, New York, NOLA, also Atlanta lost against new England. Uh, the only winner was Utah and Utah won. As you said, at a home, uh home full crowd in the altitude of Utah playing what frankly was not really close to LA's first side. So even their win is not exactly a, a big pinnacle for them. So I think uh, we're in an interesting spot where none of these teams are look like they're gearing for a big postseason run. So I think we have a, a very even uh, really unpredictable playoffs ahead of us. Um, you know, you know, New York was kind of the last team to qualify. They got in despite their loss. Uh but i think you know when we talk about the nola new york game i think it is important to remember that new york was up uh you know by a decent margin when they scored their fourth try which gave them the bonus point which ensured their playoff appearance after that they pretty much emptied the bench and and nola did win in the end to their credit they fought to the end it was a hard fought match um but i you know i'm not sure if new york had continued playing their starters if the outcome would have would have turned so quickly in nola's favor Likewise for Utah. I mean, they, they won against a, a not first 15 side in LA and they had to win at the death as they've done several times this year. Um, but yeah, there was a Mikey Teo try in, in the last uh, minutes of the game that, that won it for them. So really, um, Everyone, I think, I think the most unique thing about this playoffs is that everyone has something to worry about. You know, no one is really firing on all cylinders going in. So I think it's going to be uh, very entertaining, uh, very entertaining television.
0: Right. And Utah has always, well, I wouldn't say always, but more recently has provided a great entertaining rugby. As you said, those close finishes, they just somehow managed to be able to get it over the line in those last few dying moments. It's kind of forged a new identity for them this season, and uh, hopefully that will give them the power they need if they find themselves in a similar position. But on the next occasion, of course, they'll find themselves in the Coliseum without the backing of a 4,500-strong audience, which is a sellout for uh, Zion Bank's stadium um let's hand it over to uh scott ferrari to hear his thoughts
2: let's get hot baby let me start off with the the match you you didn't talk about uh atl versus free jacks at free jacks new stadium um and you know free jacks successfully defending their new stadium again um you know i think they were they have one loss at home the entire season um you know and i think it was more of a pride game for free jacks and less of ATL coming out and saying hey let's let's handle business because they were in the driver's seat you know they would have had to lose by some exorbitant amount and Rooney would have had to have won by some exorbitant amount to swap that one two position or you know if Nola got in and it would have had been even more so I think ATL just kind of played a safe side they played a safe game um, not that New England didn't deserve a win you know. Let's let's be honest, every win counts in the MLR. Um, But I think that's one of the one of the the matches that kind of wasn't in the mix. Um, Going back to the the Rooney Nola game, um, you know, one thing Craig didn't mention, uh, Cara Pryor getting a red card, um, you know, his uh, his uh, selection for next week is in doubt. And that's something Rooney struggled, has has struggled with and cont- t- continues to struggle with, um, and I'll talk about that more probably in the next segment. Um, but you know, it was it was a chippy game. It was a, a bunch of yellows. There was red. You know, it was it was something where you kind of saw both teams start to kind of get to a certain point, and then apparent, you know, at at a certain point, JP Doyle was just like, you know. Everybody's getting off the field now and finally took back control of that match. Um, really chippy. Um, and then the Utah LA game. I mean, you know, it, it's another one where you want to win and you want to kind of put your best team out there, but you also want to play some players for a match that doesn't get yeah, like, do you want to give away all your goods up front, you know, to, to a good LA team that you're going to have to play at home. Um, and Utah do does what they do like that, like every weekend and week out, right. They score at the end to win. Um, and we've seen that i don't know seven or eight times before the comeback kids uh and i think you got out of this weekend what you were going to get i didn't think you were going to see anything spectacular i didn't think you were Mm going to see anything that you haven't seen before and i think all three matches were telling
0: so yeah so talking about the la um Utah game so we spoke about this actually in a past episode just the last episode with Jerome Jordan who of course is the uh, commentator for the uh, the Utah side and it, he referred to it as a bit of a nowhere game right like who cares because yes in reality it wasn't going to change the makeup of the playoffs uh, at least for, for those two. But you know as you as you so pointed out there, Scott, you maybe a few little tactics, things you could try giving players that haven't necessarily had the game time a little more game time, and in that same regard, players that have had the game time that you want to be able to rest for next week's matchup. That was the perfect opportunity. So players like Gitto, who normally would be your first pick, were given an opportunity to be held back uh, in reserve to be able to keep for that next matchup, which really does count. Where it'll be at the LA Coliseum uh, and Rugby, rugby ATL, maybe a similar thing. You know, in this final weekend, if you knew that you had a secured place. Um, you know, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to be able to bench a few players or to be able to move them completely out of that roster uh, to rest them uh, wholeheartedly for the next performance? So, yeah, I agree with that. Excellent analysis from Scott. Let's hand it over to Rob Hamishman.
3: Thanks, Ty. First of all, I want to throw a shout out to all the gold diggers down there in NOLA, all the fans down in NOLA. There's a contingent that went up there to Rooney to support the boys. Uh, Came up a little bit short, but I was proud that they fought to the finish. Uh, so a big shout out to my guys, Andrew, Gio, and uh, of course, Devin Short for signing my military jersey. So I thank those boys. So I'm going to get to a quick, fast and easy um, ATL match. You know, not a lot riding on that one. So you did see him some players. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who comes out in the 10 jersey. Uh, you know, is it going to be Carlisi? Uh, who was at 15? So we had some players playing out of position there. Uh, I don't think you'll see Coleman in the 10 jersey, who was actually in the jersey this weekend. Uh, or is it gonna be um Azikura, who's got a lot of minutes in the 10 jersey? So it's gonna be really interesting to see how that plays out in in you know this week's competition. But quite frankly, you know, with Ryan Reese at nine rather than uh Rowan, um, you know, I don't know that they played. Uh, they're number ones at all those key positions. So I think you're going to see a little different side come out against Rudy. Um, You know, that being said in Utah, same thing. LA said, I think I counted out seven of their starters, you know, including DTH, who's an absolute monster, both defensively and offensively. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, of course, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Angus Cottrell. I mean, he's a friggin' monster on the on the blind side. And, of course, you know, you can't forget about the two Aussies. So, uh, you know, some people Utah- and fans in Utah were chipping, hey, you know, this is great, we did a great job. Okay, put it in perspective. Great win, but the reality is they were resting a lot of starters. And Finally, I'll end with Rooney and Nola. I- I'm just going to say this. Obviously, I was disappointed. Um, Nola was up against it, trying to score 20 points and putting over Rooney. Um, not much of a chance. Here's the thing. I think this could have been a very different game had the tiebreaker had to have been just a win, like head to head as a number one tiebreaker between two teams who were left at the end with the same amount of points. Why? Because then Noah's not you know, focused on trying to score as many points and taking opportunities. They're simply focused on trying to win the match because the head head tiebreaker is all that matters. So, you know, here, you know, I, I I think that could have turned things around. Um, yeah, they were kind of, uh, you know, they had to score some points, maybe score four tries. But again, if they can, you know, slowly build towards that, I think it would have been a little different match. But hats off to Rudy. They played a good game. They did. They did what needed to be done.
0: Yeah. I mean, talking about the NOLA game. So for those of you that don't know, if you're listening and watching back home, I believe the score line was supposed to be a 20-point difference in favor of Nola, and they had to restrict Rooney from scoring a bonus point. And correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. gentlemen, but that's how I remember it. So no matter sure. what, it was always going to be a tough ask, right? So let me throw this back to you, Rob. Um, with this in mind, what do you think the game plan was, and what do you think it should have been for Nola?
3: Well I think you saw at the very beginning the game plan was, was pretty clear they had to open it up quite early um and as a matter of fact if it hadn't been for Hanno Dirksen uh, knocking on that that chip through um they might have put 14 points up right away and really set a different tone for right. the match I remember the big guy you know texting me at the time saying you know we're not going to win this one cuz I think he saw that you know the defense uh, the defensive gaps in Rooney were there at least initially but you know again all credit to them they came back they fought back they put some points in the board. Uh, they closed ranks and did what needed to be done on their side of the ball. And and quite frankly, um, they put pressure on Nola. So Nola felt like they had to score every time they got a chance to, to touch the ball. And, and they made some mistakes. They knocked it on and had a lot of handling errors.
0: Right. It's like they were chasing a 20, uh, yeah. uh, 20 difference right from kickoff. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And, of course, yes. it was a tough ask. Although it's it, it's still an you know, admirable uh, end result. It's kind of an empty and hollow victory yeah. uh, in many ways. And and, um, and
3: if I could just say, I mean, uh, again, proud of my boys. They won a five of the last six on the right. road, which I never would have. If somebody said they're going to win a five of the last six, I would have said they would be in the driver's seat in the playoffs. It
0: just wasn't meant to be. Right. There was a hiccup very recently that threw them adrift. A, a drift. A drift. Yeah. So, gentlemen, once again, you know, it's interesting to be able to look at these makeups from last weekend and talk about some of those players that really stood out for you. I want to jump into this next piece. And some of those names have already been thrown around the screen here from a few of you. But let's dig into it. So when you look back at this last weekend and I'll start with you, Craig, who were some of the standouts? that you think you need to pay attention. If you're tuning in now for the first time and you're coming to watch rugby a little late this season, or you're just continuing to be able to enjoy your rugby past your team being eliminated. Who are the guys you should pay attention to uh, from last weekend that might be the same in this upcoming playoff weekend?
1: Sure. Uh, I'll give, I'll give a a few here. I think, uh, on the New York Atlanta side, I think the the battle of the locks is going to be very important. in Both these sides they arguably have the best four locks in M L R. You know, between those two teams, you know, with Brakely and Savetta in New York, and Momsen and Redolingus in Atlanta. Um, so I think that's going to be a critical battle because we've seen all year how lineout consistency or inconsistency has really uh, thrown off game plans. I mean, it just changes so much about. What you can and can't do if you can't, if you can retain your lineouts or you can't retain your own lineouts. Uh, I mean, right. it and really
0: set being like they always say, if you control the set player, you control, control the rugby. So definitely, yeah. I agree with you. And
1: like, think of, think of the criticalness of a kick when, you know, if you're doing a clearing yeah. kick and it finds touch and, it, okay, but it's their lineout. I mean, that's a trade off we're used to seeing. But if there's a 50% chance it's going to be your ball, of the line out too, that really changes how important being able to kick becomes. Um, so I think that's a, a critical battle we're going to see there. I think uh, in the LA versus Utah side, I think we really need to see, you know, Michael Bosca, I think he did a great job uh, with you in his USA debut. You know, he only had 20 minutes or so between the two games uh, came back and he's played great back in Utah again. Um I think he's going to have to keep his attacking flair, his instinct. I think when he combines with Teo and Cruze, that's when uh, Utah is really their most effective attacking-wise. And I just don't think that Utah has the defensive prowess to really slow L.A. down much. Uh, So if they're going to have a chance to win, and I think it's going to be a long shot for Utah, but if they're going to have a chance, they're going to really need to have that attack on all cylinders, and I think that really comes down to uh, Michael Baskett for them
0: right basker supply um as you pointed out in in the usa matchups now kind of deviating away from from mlr but it is relevant right here's a guy that was in his debut i thought he had an extra pep in his step the team worked a little faster his his cycling the ball out out of the back of these the rucks and moles was brilliant i I think that's you know he's grown in a little bit of confidence coming back now stepping in having had that opportunity on that stage i think he's a key player that i actually wrote down that name by the way is one of the ones that is so you and i think you're fairly similar um but i want to be able to Hear more from what uh, Scott thinks is some of the standouts uh, coming up, and who it was from last weekend.
2: uh Well, I think coming up, what you're going to want to see. Well, honestly. Then this, this kind of rolls into from what happened last weekend as far as Rooney's concerned. But Rooney and ATL, I think you're going to look at the loose forward play. Um, You know, Hank uh, getting an uh scoring one and getting one taken back, which, you know, was a little iffy. Uh, Craig smiling there. You know, me and him have been talking about it, you know, going back and forth. Uh, but, you know, hey, it's it's rugby. That's the call that was made. But he's been playing out of his mind lately. But Ben Benasso also scoring that first try for Rooney. And now with Kara Pryor out, most likely Kyle Sumption coming in to play the eight. Kyle Sumption, another guy who's playing, playing out of his mind, and how does that match up against ATL, who has um, uh, Connor Cook, um, Matt Heaton, uh, Ross Deacon, and Jason Dam. Ross Deacon and Jason Dam pretty much are interchangeable in my mind. They've both been playing great uh, at number 8, whether they're coming off the bench or they're starting. Um, and that's kind of the offense that both L.A. and Rudy need to, to put down in the first 10 minutes to open up those channels in the back line. Um, going over to uh, Utah and L.A., I think it, it – if Utah can punish LA up front in the scrum um, when LA makes mistakes, I think that can turn the tide for the game. I believe I, I'm third. I completely believe what Craig says about uh, Utah not having the defense to kind of hold off LA. So that means they're going to have to try and score every chance they get, and that includes the set piece scrum whether they're winning that scrum you know on their own put in or they're pushing and getting the penalty uh when they're not putting it in and i think that's a i think that's a one of those times where you're going to have a guy like Paul Mullen play the bully and we're going to see how well LA can handle that
0: yeah of course i mean <sighs> Utah has some pretty great experience up front with Khalifi um, and Mullen. And, you know, I, th- I think I tend to agree with you guys in regards to saying that it's a lot more about offense and defense for Utah. So, yeah, put more points on the board is kind of the uh, the general strategy, right? Uh, and, yes, obviously that does win games, but there's that old mantra as well, that great defense as, as well is just important. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's run into to, – to hand it over to uh, Rob and let's hear his thoughts before we kind of bring it all together.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to start first uh, with uh, Saturday's game, ATL versus Rooney. Um, you know, I, I appreciate uh, both Scott and Craig. You talked about two things that I look to, the back row matchups as well as the second row matchups. So rather than retread what was said, because I think they made great points there, I want to go to the center combos. It's going to be interesting. I mean, look, they both these are both two very strong packs, physical, mobile packs. So the question is then, what happens in the back line, right? And I'll be interested to see, A, who's at 10, again, for ATL to match up across from Holland's head. And then I'll be interested to see what the center combination is for, for ATL. I mean, do you have, you know, the Cowboy paired up with Petzer and and what does that you know center combo look like from Rooney? So I'll be really interested to see how that plays out and see where they find gaps and holes. We know that um some chips and chases can happen on both ends. It's just a question of you know where the gaps are and who can make the most use of them. So that'll be a really interesting point to see. Uh on the flip side on Sunday, Utah versus LA, look, guys, I mean. Again, not to hit, you know, or belabor a point, but a lot of folks were sitting out on uh, this last weekend. It'll be interesting. Uh, Craig uh, hit the nail on the head. Goddard and Basca, two very similar players because they both play well in the loose. I think I mentioned it last week, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to this matchup. Uh, I'm also looking forward to see Cruz uh, versus Ryberg, two American stalwarts. Um, that are really making uh, names for themselves in the MLR. That should be really cool. I'm looking forward to see the back row matchups, uh, particularly because you have some really good trios back there um, that are pretty mobile and can make things happen and run angry. Like Williams runs angry. Cottrell runs angry, right? And it should be really fun to watch those back rows fly off those – fly out those fly halves or sorry, scrum halves and maybe see some uh, loose play and some offloads uh, set the standard for the day on Sunday.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to be able to pick at One of the names that you mentioned there. So Cottrell, you said that now I think two or three times just this episode and probably umpteenth times throughout the season because he is deserved of that title though. And of course that recognition, but let's look at some of the details. So I wrote down a couple of points that I, cause I knew you were going to say this guy's name. So, Total points this season, obviously, as the flanker, open side, he's in the mix. He's always up front there. Uh, he just seems to be putting himself in that position, working hard to be in that position, but 59 points have come his way so far this season. That's nine tries to his name, 619 carrying meters. In comparison, you have uh, DTH. Now, they're polar opposites in terms of their positioning. you got forwards and you got first back line. DTH, of course, being a great uh, uh, player himself. 50 total points there and 10 tries uh, provided. So, you know, these, these scores all provided by the MLR app. So I hope that they're consistent and, and, and right, uh, as they have been proven to be a little bit inconsistent in the past. But nevertheless, these are key players and they're delivering results. Cottrell, certainly one of those. Uh, you mentioned uh, 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 Goddard and Basco. I think he's going to be a great Uh, you know battle between them but LA is definitely going to be able to bring back all the big guns in this next game Utah I feel like you know you know I'm going to hold my comments there because we've got the next session section to be able to talk about uh, the predictions but right now as it stands it seems like Craig, you're thinking that the battle is going to be upfront because you mentioned mostly forwards. You've, you spoke about the physicality. You spoke about dominating the, the lineouts. And I assume the other set plays that come with that. Um, while we're not going to talk about the prediction, do you think that, that, that the games will be now slower, um, more heavy uh, focus on, on the forwards play, or do you think it's still going to be the same enterprising wide rugby that we've seen all season?
1: Well, I, I think, I think in New York, uh, Atlanta, I think that both of those teams have the proclivity to be very good defensively. I think Atlanta's the best defense in yep. LR, even though statistically maybe they're not. But, you know, we can talk about why that may or may not be. Uh, New York, I think, has had games, you know, their first when they beat L.A., the first one against L.A., where they seemed like they could be a, you know, a top defense. So I think both sides are really going to have to work ways to create opportunities to score. So, you know, if if you can't, for example, deliver on your line out, that becomes much harder, right? Then then a good defense really can shut you down. So I think, you know, any place where there's a weakness in your attacking chain, including being able to, I mean, for New York, especially, the attack off the line out and the mall is so critical to what they do. If they can't execute that, then I think they're really gonna have trouble scoring against Atlanta. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's gonna be a like an all forwards game because I think, I think when New York is playing well, they do a really good job of running support lines off each other. You know, like when they're flowing well, they do probably second only to LA in what they can do in terms of just instinctual supporting, following on each other in open play. Um, and they need to get that rolling. But for that to even happen, they're gonna need to control the ball, play well uh yeah you know, defensively and just you know, and, and these up. are the things
0: that, that Rooney has done well Rooney of course being the first team this season to be well the first team ever to be able to beat LA right and that was at a time when they were thinking that everybody was you know predicting that they were going to win it by a landslide you know there almost was no one in, in in any mind in competition and the way they did it was just you know getting in the middle of those breakdown areas working those for us controlling that ball slowing it down um, and then of course you, those were low scoring matches, but in comparison, we've seen some higher scoring matches so they can both, they can play both sides of the, of, of that game I, very well, in my opinion. Um, you know, the, these are these are important factors as it goes by. Scott, you also echoed the fact that, you know, it's going to be about that, that forwards pack. You spoke about Hunker. You spoke about these guys that are uh, grinding it out inside the engine room, guys that are great ball poachers. And, and so is it really just about controlling the ball for you? Do you think that's the key to success?
2: Well, I think controlling ball for any rugby team is the key to success. But I think if you put In conjunction with how these loose forwards for Rooney are scoring, which Craig was talking about, running those support lines. um, You know, it was big in that uh, two weeks ago against Houston when they had, you know, Samu to the Butcher, Butcher to Andy Ellis, Andy Ellis to, I think, Ben Bonasso, and then Bonasso to Appy. You know, I mean, and it was all everybody running in support to to get that offense down. Um, but I I I do believe you know Rob was talking about the back line and specifically in this game. Um, you know, knowing what I know, you know, Fossey Fuatai it looks like he's going to be available for selection. So you know, bump Quinn Ngwadi back out to the wing. Fossey Fuatai, Will Leonard are the centers. You know, and that kind of matches up with the first two Atlantic um matches. And what I've noticed as the season has gone on, going on, you know. Apanisa Kakabalavu, Will Leonard, Fasi Fuatai, and, and um, Quinn Nawadi have gotten better tackling. And the first five matches, it was kind of suspect. The communication wasn't there. Those gaps opened up, and you saw those big games against Toronto and NOLA where they lost big. Now it's kind of tightened up, and Atlanta has also tightened up their defense. Um, they had the same kind of issues in the first five weeks, so... I think Rob's right. I think it's going to come down to those center combinations and one, who can find the gap and two, who's going to break the tackles on their counterpart.
0: So you brought us some really great points there, but before we dive any further and before I hand the mic over to, to, uh, to Rob, I want to be able to uh, take the opportunity to be able to share a few thoughts from those that help us provide all this content here on the rugby rant. So we're going to be handing it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to tell you a little bit more about rugby coffee. Thank you, Ty. Rugby Coffee was born
3: out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions, the folks at Rugby Coffee see an opportunity to bring people together, and together we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby and projects that help uplift communities. These endeavors have been absolutely transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered these communities. The Boys of Rugby Coffee have launched and are ready to ship Three distinct brews, Jouer Jouer, Champions Cup, and Crowd Favorite, each have their own unique blend and style. And you may get and order your brew right now, and by doing so, you can support youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby coffee, it's not just a game, it's a way of life.
0: I really do feel like, uh, yeah, it's a way of life for for all four of us on screen, that's for sure. But how great is it that you can get a cup of coffee and you know actually a piece of every single purchase is going back to being able to support youth rugby. Um, And more recently, they had just nominated BC Grassroots Rugby as one of the recipients of those funds uh, up in Canada. And one in the US is to be named very shortly. So make sure that you follow them online to be able to learn more about that and they are accepting suggestions on who you think it should be but uh let's take the opportunity again to be able to dive into some more major league rugby stuff so gentlemen we spoke in the first part about the past weekend's matchups and gave our analysis we dug out some of the important points to share with our viewers and our listeners here on the rugby rant but now we also we also identified some key players But while we were doing that, we started kind of walking into the territory of predictions. So it's best we give it the platform that it deserves. And with the matchups in mind in the playoffs, which, by the way, if you're not entirely sure how it works, Think of it as the semi-final of a tournament and the uh, top two seeds from each conference, one being from the West, one being from the East, now compete against each other to be able to make sure that they make it to that championship matchup on August 1st to decide the winner of the entire league for 2021. As it stands, we have uh, the Rugby ATL. And, uh, oh, sorry, let me get my – so it's Rugby ATL and Rooney, and then you have LA and, of course, Utah Warriors. Those are the matchups in mind. Let's hand it over. Actually, let's start this in reverse because, Rob, I don't think had an opportunity in the last one. So, Rob, why don't you start us off with the predictions here?
3: Okay, let me start first um, in the East. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Rooney beat uh, Rugby ATL twice this season. Uh, so certainly it seems that they would have uh, Rugby ATL's number. I just go back to what I've said in past weeks that uh, Scott Lawrence is a very meticulous guy. He'll have his boys prepared. I think it's going to be hard to beat a Scott Lawrence team uh, the third time on the trot. No, That's no disrespect to Rooney. Um, I think they're going to put a, a great match um, up in down there in Marietta. Uh, but I'm going to pick Rugby ATL. Um, in that one. And then in the West, uh, it's L.A. versus Utah. Two guys from the the vaunted Lindenwood program back there. Uh, we got Christian Rodriguez and we got my guy, Michael Baska. It's hard to it's hard for me to, to have a favorite in that one. But um, I think I'm going to go with L.A. Even though they lost to Utah this last week, and I think it just comes down to the fact that they had their starter, you know, six, seven starters missing. I I just think they're going to be running on all the cylinders. It's going to be tough to beat that back line when they're clicking. Um, So I'm going to go with LA in that matchup, and therefore it's going to be
0: an LA versus ATL final. Okay, so do you want to be able to go as far to be able to give a points prediction, a points spread at least? Um, for those of you that are watching and uh, want your uh, Super Brew picks, uh, you maybe can get a little bit of a gold uh, a nugget here. It, well, actually, you probably shouldn't be taking it from me, so I'm going to keep quiet because I'm pretty far <laughs> down the list. <laughs> so so
3: I'm going to go with ATL by three. I think it's going to be a close, tight affair. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, I'm going to go with nine, uh, LA by nine. Uh, although although I got to tell you, Utah just seems to have a knack for coming back late in the game. And that, that confidence that they're never out of it certainly counts for something, but I, I still think I'm going to go with LA by nine.
0: Right. It certainly makes for exciting rugby. And I'm pretty sure that this, this next matchup between them will be exactly that. Uh, let's hand it over to Scott.
2: So we're still cooking. So let's talk about the first match, rugby ATL and Rooney. Um, I do agree with Rob. I think it's going to be tight and, you know, it is going to be hard to beat a team a third time in the row in the season. Um, but I think it's, it's more about what Rooney team shows up. Um, you know, if that, if that soft Rooney team shows up where they're going to make a lot of mistakes and get in their own head um, you know, if they're going to let the other team get in their head, like what happened at Nola and throw them off their game. You know, I think that's the biggest issue Rooney has is when they get down, they get so down on themselves. It's hard to crawl back from that hole. Um, but if they can stay up and stay upbeat and have that tempo, you know, I think they're going to be one of the, you know, they are one of the better teams in the league, obviously top four um, ATL. Um, I think if, if ATL can just hit their set pieces, right. Um, and honestly, I think it's more about individual effort um, on breaking tackles. It seems as though, again, when ATL gets stifled and, and and doesn't can't break a tackle or two for whatever reason, they can't continue that phase. You know, it's just they kind of get stuck in in neutral. Um, I'm going to go with Rooney minus two. Um, if if Rooney shows up, it's going to be tight. I think they squeak it out. If they don't show up, it could be an absolute disaster. Going out to the West, um, I'm going to take L.A. by a converted try. Um, not that I don't think Utah can win the match. I think they can, again, like I spoke about before, um, if they could slow it down. But I do think it's just L.A. is going to overpower them. Um, as far as offensive ability in the back line, I do think Utah scores a try at the end to, to tighten up that score. So let's say in the last five minutes, LA might be up by two tries converted tries and Mikey Teo or Ali Khalifi or somebody scores that late, late second try. And then, you know, Utah kind of peters out on a penalty at the end to lose by a converted try.
0: But, you know, I like what you said. No matter what you say, you think it's going to be pretty tight affairs. And that's indicative of how NLR has gone this season, uh, as well as the unpredictable results. You know, we spoke about how close they've been, you know, how many games have finished inside of seven points and how many games have finished inside of three or five points even. Um, When you have to look at it closely, um, far more than in the past. So, you know, one of the things that I, that, that I like that you said is, yes, uh, Rooney is currently 2-0 and in favor, of course, against uh, uh, the uh, rugby uh, Atlanta. However, you know, when it gets down to knockout rugby, it's anyone's game, right? And like you said, it's kind of which team rocks up on the day. And that's what makes this format so exciting once you get down to these final uh, moments. Uh, and that's what makes for an entertaining brand of rugby, especially when you get to the, the, the elite as the cream of the crop has risen to the top uh you're going to probably see some of the best rugby you've seen all season long and when it comes to rugby atl you know although i don't know how great a factor it is it's very hard to measure but playing in your home ground is is a great advantage i believe you know and that's something that you have to be able to consider in front of your own crowd in front of your own people with your support network around you uh everything's familiar does it provide enough of an edge i don't know they've also lost on those same grounds to rooney if i'm correct. Um, so yeah I mean a lot of things to be able to consider there Um, you know I'm not going to weigh in too much on the LA Utah one because I'll do that in the next part but I want to hand it over to Craig first
1: sure thanks Uh, uh, so I I did uh, give my picks in my column so I'm going to stick with those spreads uh, even though they'll match uh, one that Scott gave but uh, yeah I think I'm, I'm tipping LA by 10 here I think. Utah has the ability. I think it's within the realm of possibility that Utah could pull off this upset, but I, I do think it's going to be difficult for them. I, I think, I mean, at home against a sort of a second string LA side with all their best players playing, they barely snuck it out. I mean, if they had lost that game, that would have been a disaster for their morale and they came very close to losing. Uh, so I, I just think they need really everything to go their way. Uh, they just, I just don't think they have the the defensive wherewithal to really slow LA much, and LA is a great LA statistically, you know, is the best defense. They've given up the fewest points, uh, so I just now this is game's going to be in LA. I think it's going to be a, a big lift for Utah to win. So I'm going to say LA by ten. Um, the Eastern Conference, I, you know, is so close. I mean, you you could see a hundred reasons to pick either side. I'm actually going to pull something from what Rob said earlier. Uh, to me, as a you know, as an analyst who watches this and as a fan of Rooney, I, I I am most interested to see who is going to be the, the fly half for Atlanta. I think I, I I think Scott Lawrence is a great coach, and, I, and I'm always confused: is it injuries or or why has he changed the fly half so often? I think the obviously Kurt Coleman was injured, but I don't know about Carelsa or Eskura. Like Azcura didn't even dress this past week. I think that Atlanta's most dangerous when they have Carelsa at 10 and Escura at 12. Uh, they, but they only used that combination a few times this year. Uh, if we see that as their starting lineup this week, I'm going to be a little more nervous. But since we haven't seen it much, uh, New York has won in Atlanta. Actually, they're 3-0 you know, against Atlanta going back to last year uh, where they also uh-huh. won in Atlanta. Um, and they beat Toronto in Atlanta this year. So, you know, they, have played well in Atlanta. Historically, it hasn't been as hot as it's going to be this week. So that, that worries me a bit. And they didn't play great against Nola here in the New York heat uh, this past, uh, this past weekend. Uh, so I'm definitely nervous, but I think just given the history here and, and given that I, I'm, I don't think Atlanta is going to go out with the roster that I would be most afraid of as a New York defense. Uh, I, I am going to give New York the edge and I, I took New York by two.
0: Okay. And I think those are fair. I mean, with, with, okay. So LA coming on the back of the loss to to Utah, it still was a kind of a nowhere game as we spoke about before. And they had a lot of players rested. Um, so those are definitely going to be key points in their favor there that they can bring back, you know, the kind of the, the A team for lack of a better term, Utah does have that confidence built up. And I agree with you in that regard that if they did lose last week, you know, it's almost like, yes, it didn't mean anything, but it actually did for the momentum and the confidence, right, for Utah's sake at least. Uh, and they, I, I do love this, this, this character that they've built in the team, that they just seem to have that little bit extra when they need it most. But if you're predicting a 10-point difference, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, almost wa- I would hope to be able to see them put the points on the board first as opposed to coming from behind, but that seems uncharacteristic from what we've seen from them this season. So what would change between last week and the weeks before now? Probably not much. So I think that I will lean towards in favor of LA again. It probably was a giveaway by the shirt. Um yeah, by how much? Yeah, man, I gotta pick mine now. And by the way, I, I am notoriously not good in the uh super brew uh contest. So don't listen to me. I'm it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhere about seven uh, to, to eight points just outside, I'd say eight, just outside of converted try. Um, so it might be at five and then a penalty kick to be able to separate them to be put it just outside. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. And then on the, on the rugby ATL and, and Rooney one, again, another close affair. Uh, I think I'm going to kind of go with tradition and, and hope that they can do the three in a season and I uh, have them by three. Those are my predictions there as well. Um, Base them all of your predictions, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, you have and, uh,
2: uh, Ty has given us the mush. We are now going to lose to Rugby ATL. Thanks, Ty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is that my plan secretly? But uh, regardless, it's, it's going to be interesting rugby. If you haven't paid attention to where these teams will be competing, when it will be happening, you have the ability to be able to watch it this week on Friday and Saturday. That's the 24th and twenty fifth, I believe the first game is the East, right? Uh, that's the Rooney one and uh, a rugby ATL at 7 p.m., I believe, or it's either I think it's 7 and then the next day is at 5. Um, between LA and Utah, which will be, of course, hosted by LA in the Coliseum. Craig, you wanted to jump in there?
1: Think, yeah, those are, I think, are Central time. I think it's eight and six Eastern, but yeah, uh, okay. seven and five Central.
0: Of course, yes. So I refer to it as the central time there, but of course, you know your time zone and just find it appropriately on CBS Sports, uh, and including the final, the championship match will be shown on CBS Sports, which is another feather in the cap for Major League Rugby to be able to support it by such a major network. Uh, I believe the 2019 final holds the uh, viewership record of just over 500,000. Um, so they hope to be able to top that. I mean, we'll see it as a measure, measure of success, but we will be fortunate enough to be able to talk with George Killibrew in an upcoming episode where we'll be dissecting the success record and what the challenges were throughout the 2021 season as he'll be joining us for an exclusive interview on the Run Parcel Kick uh, interviews on August 9th. I believe it is a week after the final uh, and that'll be a good one. So make sure that you follow us online under the handle at rugby rant pod to be able to learn more about that and other interviews with more MLR insiders. Of course, you can find us on the rugby network each and every Friday with a new rugby debate episode, just like this one where we will put some more guests to the test as we debate the hot topics in rugby across North America, because we on the rugby rant aim to be able to help grow rugby one fan at a time and uh talking about helping uh that one of the people that we need to be able to uh uh, to bring your attention to is one of our newest partners here on the rugby rant which is canibrands.com which is certainly in our opinion one of the leaders in cbd products uh myself and the team have been trying these now for probably about three weeks or so right guys
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and can I brands is a safe alternative to opioids and other habit forming uh, prescription drugs, particularly when you're talking about anxiety, pain management, um, sleep, things like that. Can I brand products are safe, trusted, uh, lab tested, all natural, non-habit forming and have uh, zero THC in their formula. Um, I particularly like the can I boost uh, in the morning. You know we we do some late recordings here you know on the for the east coast time for the big guys so i wake up um i put eight drops you know under my tongue uh and that gives me the boost it has a little bit of caffeine in it it gives me the boost throughout the day i need and you know besides the oil i know rob likes the uh the spray that they have
0: right and the spray you know, it's like this you know you look at this and it's just as simple as an oral spray um what is it eight of these rub like eight sprays yeah Take eight shots uh on your tongue there and, and it'll
3: put you to sleep like a baby. As a matter of fact, Ken I Brands has done some studies. It's great to be able to a lot of people are wearing wearables, so you can even do your own study to see how it helps you, kind of measure your sleep patterns and and how it affects you, you know, um and helps you manage your sleep. Especially if you're coming down after a hot and heavy rugby rant episode. I like to take a <laughs> couple shots of those and get my get myself coming down so I can get up in the morning, get a good cycle in the morning, put in 30, 35 miles. Um, before before I get up and add them. So uh, it's a really good product. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I recommend it to, to all those people that I've talked to.
0: Yeah, and you know, the great thing is because we've now recently partnered with them, they've given us the opportunity to be able to share with you as the viewers at home uh, to try it out for yourself. Uh, Rant25 is the promo code they've given us. That's 25% off any of your uh, the products that you may choose. And that's not just a single one, by the way. That's collectively your basket. So it's not, okay, I pick one item and that's 25 of that whatever you got in your basket, 25 off the total and if you reach over $49 for that purchase it's a uh, free delivery anywhere inside the continental US so you know you've got great opportunity to be able to try it at a very reasonable price. It's currently being used by a lot of uh, NFL NHL and MLB, uh, uh players and athletes enjoy it for a multitude of different reasons especially the can i mend product which is about recovery um and more recently some of the free jacks players themselves have uh, have been using this product so can canibrands.com make sure you go and check it out uh they've given us an opportunity to be able to share that rent25 promo with you at your checkout make sure you get 25% off uh gentlemen Now comes the time to be able to pick a winner for today's episode, and I think it's pretty even all round, but uh, I'm going to give the credit to the guest on this occasion, Mr. Craig Gridelli. On your third time around, you are a winner. How does it feel? Uh it's not I th- I thought everyone was uh would
1: deserve the win today, so, but I, I appreciate the nod and uh yeah, I look forward to doing this again. I'm always happy to participate. Sir Ooh. Sir, can I just say
3: both Scott and Craig Ooh. both credited me during this episode? I believe Scott's uh quote was Rob's right, especially about the centers. sinners. Um, he, right? he did. He did. <laughs> Book it. Uh, and Craig even said, "Pull something from Rob's when talking about the fly abs. I mean, damn it, man! What is I? What do I got to do? <laughs>
1: um, I probably well, gave I the, the, the,
0: the benefit of the doubt. 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 Yeah. yeah,
1: it's just courtesy to the guests. I appreciate that. I got the benefit of the doubt. Right, right.
0: I mean, when it's so close, uh, yeah, it was a photo finish. I should say that. So I gave the benefit of the doubt to uh, to Craig. Uh, but Craig, it is a bit of a tradition here on the Rugby rant that for our guest. Uh, to take the mic in the final moments of the show to be able to send a shout out to anybody important, draw attention to a special cause. Uh, here's your opportunity, man.
1: Okay. Uh, well, uh, I do. Uh, I am on the board of and, and the co-founder of a charity. I, I may have mentioned this one last time too. If I did, I had again, but uh, it's called stop soldier suicide. You know, I, I was an army ranger once upon a time Um you know, the, the mental health issues that plague the military are a lot more extensive than a lot of civilians realize. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been doing this for 11 years now. Uh, uh, so stop sort of suicide.org. We, we set up essentially a, a first response and triage, uh, and, and really a long-term counseling, uh, service for veterans and families and, and that entire network. So, uh, Look, you know, people, people struggle, and it's not always just about, you know, uh, oh, uh, someone shot at me, or I, uh, you know, I wake up and I dream of artillery rounds. It, there's a lot of more nuance. I almost Yeah, so you know, if you are struggling, you know, whether it's stop sort of suicide or one of the other, you know, very, very capable providers out there that, that do this sort of thing, uh, definitely seek help because we we lose far too many people to suicide in the military community.
0: Right. So how do people learn more about this? I would say go
1: to stop You know, we have a fully functioning website and if anyone ever wants to reach out to me, my tag here at MMFlyF, I'm happy to point you to anything more specific.
0: Perfect. Thanks for that. Because you know what, even if it just helps one person, that's enough, right? so once again here we are at the end of another great rugby debate the winner of this round was mr craig gridelli of course much to the dismay of rob hammersmith who was quite vocal about it but perhaps on the next occasion it might be his to be able to take the crown back uh, and we'll find out next week every friday you can tune in for another great rugby debate episode of the rugby network or alternatively get your preview your sneak peek Thursdays under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where we will release it before it comes live on the Rugby Network. You can see it there from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, we'll make sure that that is up and running every week, where we will have another guest take on our usuals of Rob and Scott. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, alongside, as I said before, Mr. Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, and Craig Gridelli. We thank you for watching another great episode here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and we will see you at the next.